Welcome back to the It's Just Sport podcast, A League of Our Own. I'm Joanna Reardon. I'm Eve Tallon. We are delighted today to have Margaret Kremen and Aoife Casey with us. The latest qualification in the Tokyo Olympic Games. So I first off, I guess, congratulations on the on the qualification. We're delighted for you. Um, in terms of uh, Tokyo 2020 and Tokyo then 2021, um, a benefit for the lightweight double, I think it's probably fair to say, Talk to us about that extra year of preparation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose we started off, running, me and Max started running together when we were juniors. So we've kind of had that background of being in the same boat. Um, but I suppose it all kicked off after um, the boat didn't qualify in the 2019 World Championships. So that, so that September 2019 is when me and Max started training together full time. So I suppose the extra year was a blessing in disguise for us because it gave us more time to gel in the boat, get a bit stronger um, in the gym and on the row machine and just um, just get a bit more together and find a bit of find a bit more speed um, before the final qualification regatta in May. Definitely paid off anyway and definitely on the row machine. I mean, yeah. Margaret, you got that you got that record there a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. But um, I just think like even like with the lockdown, like we all got a break from the rowing centre and things like that. And yeah, definitely the extra year benefited all the young crews, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so we're grateful for that. What are like some of like the niches, like in terms of rowing together? Like what are like the signals? Like what do you have to like sync up in to like make it work as like a non-rower in this entire conversation? <laughs> I'm just like curious to like what makes a synced up, I don't know, couple, unit, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, like I suppose Aoife makes the calls, like the technical calls and like like executes a race plan like during the race or whatever like she'd been talking for <laughs> all of the race but um which is good because it sets us up well it, it like gets us into a rhythm um and yeah I think you kind of have to do that for in order for it to work like for it to gel and um, so that's really important um I suppose Max does set the rhythm being because Max is in front of me in the boat so she's the easy job of being able to do whatever she wants and then I just find <laughs> so in, in at the most part it's pretty easy but yeah um the more time in the boat the better just for this yeah. fine-tuning everything mm-hmm. and talk to us a little bit I guess about the last year um in terms of lockdown and um I guess the rest of your life kind of gets put a little bit on pause or gone virtual was that a help for you guys um I think it was kind of tough at the beginning mm. but it was kind of tough for everyone so that helped like you know everyone was kind of in it together kind of thing mm-hmm. um but like I think it was good for us because we got to race the under 23 Europeans last year and then a few weeks later the senior Europeans and like we like like I think we like grew a lot as a crew throughout those regattas and we kind of learned a lot that we brought into training into racing and if we didn't have those like I mean if the qualification regatta was in 2020 it would have been our first ever regatta really mm. probably rowing together so it was good in that way we got a few regattas in the bag before the last chance you know and um, so like lockdown was tough but I think like it kind of matured us a bit I suppose mm-hmm. and it gets you tougher as well because it wasn't easy so um yeah and a medal along the way yeah, yeah. and we both did college this year as well so we kind of uh, lockdown training was hard but we were able to train at the wrong national mm-hmm. center and because of that then the all colleges online so I definitely benefited from being mm-hmm. able to log on to 
or watch a video lecture at 10 o'clock at night instead of having to um, track instead of having to go into college at 10 a.m. or anything like that. So definitely um, there was perks, I suppose, good and bad to um, the whole pandemic. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was wondering in terms of that, the lifestyle with like everything outside of rowing, did that kind of uh, give you a bit more flexibility in literally college, being able to kind of manage your own schedule a bit more then? Um, How was it feeling coming in to compete um, at Lucerne for that final qualification and um, talk us through, I guess, the couple of days leading up to it. And uh, I, we'll go to the first start line first. Yeah. I suppose there was a lot of hype. There's always, I suppose, I think it's called the regret of death or something. Um, mm. There's a lot of pressure put on crews to, I suppose, because it is the last chance to off the Olympics. But I suppose the way me and Max approached it was just um, any normal race. Like we were just, we were really chilled out. Like we knew we had, we've done the hardest training camp of our lives the few weeks before. So we felt really fit and really strong. So it was just about enjoying it. Like we never, both of us had never raced in Lucerne. So it was a new environment. So we were just getting used to that in the few years before and just having a few nice light paddles. It's always the, it's always the week I, I like most because there's um, very little emphasis on training and more recovery. <laughs> so that was nice as well. Yeah. And like, it was kind of a weird weekend because the weather the weather forecast mm. it's supposed to be saturday sunday monday the regatta but because the weather was bad on the monday they moved racing to all the the semi-final and the final to sunday so um so like that was a bit of a shock on the saturday but i think we kind of took it in our stride and we kind of like reflected that like we have a lot of training done so like this is kind of good for us you know because mm-hmm. we've a lot of miles done and stuff we're like fit enough to attack two races in one day and just be smart about it and I think that was kind of a blessing for us that there was two races in one day and like it was all gold there was no time to even think about it like and <laughs> yeah. um, we had like 40 minutes to like sit down yeah. and in that sit down we were like, gonna hype each other up like what are we gonna do now and stuff like that like, okay like don't look at each other for 10 minutes <laughs> you know just to kind of calm down a bit but um it was all gold but in a good way I suppose mm-hmm. Like, dumbass question, but, like, how do you come down from, like, the incredible high to then hop back into a boat to then, like, be, like, normal and, like, aggressive and, like, tactically aware and all the stuff you have to be to then having, like, another high? Like, were you not, like, wrecked the following day? Like, I always say the mental exhaustion is a lot worse than the physical one, like. (laughs) Especially because of the two races in one day. The Just the the mental strain, the physical strain, like, I'd say... We were wearing to the moon anyway. I don't think yeah. either of us slept the night after. We were just like lying yeah. in bed, just like, did this actually happen? But yeah. Sharif, I got up at like half yeah. and went for a walk. Um, it was yeah. definitely a whirlwind of emotions um, the following days after. But yeah. at the same time, we just tucked into a nice bit of food um, yeah. afterwards and just chilled out and kind mm. of celebrated before we headed back on the back to Ireland. Yeah. What's your celebratory meal? Like what's like you know like people have pizza like what's your like celebratory like carb <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we had pizza and then we went to mcdonald's for a mcflurry so yeah nice <laughs> yeah. chocolate yeah nice. <laughs> tell us about um like i think there's a bit of pressure and expectation on the four and i think you kind of went in as the underdogs and obviously like so excited to see you deliver but did you kind of feel like the pressure is maybe off you a little bit because they're i think for the last year like people have been watching the four saying like they should be qualifying and how did it feel for you in in terms of that because obviously like you're saying the year that you had really sharpened you up to to get that qualification spot um yeah like the four had their race before us so like 
um, we had just finished our semi and they had their final and we heard all the hype and then <laughs> after a while they came back into the tent and they were all delighted and we were delighted and then we were hugging and stuff and I was like thinking oh like that'd be nice you know like so it was really good actually that their race was before us because like it kind of gave us like a pump up like mm-hmm. like like you know that's what it feels like like it'd be nice like we need to go out and this is our chance you know and even like you don't want to like make that a bad thing like that that, that there's a lot of pressure you want to think like you know we'll go out and have because that's what we said to each other we said we'll go out and have the best race we can yeah. and if we row the best if we execute our plan we'll be happy whatever mm-hmm. the result is and mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think it was like a different type of pressure we kind of just wanted to be happy ourselves mm-hmm. rather than like pressure from other it's, people yeah, you know outside, yeah yeah mm-hmm. How are you like coping now, even like with the outside pressure? Like, I'm sure there's a lot more like eyes on you, you know, like Neve's always keeping me up to date on the rowing world <laughs> and everything that's going on. I always feel so ashamed because I only live like, what, 40 minutes, like from the actual, like from ovens itself. So I'm like, oh God, like what's wrong with me? <laughs> um, I don't want as much change really. Like we're back into the training routine. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's going to be very exciting next few weeks. We head on camp to um Spain for a little pre um a pre a pre-training camp and then we head on to Tokyo after that so besides it being in a different continent and I suppose mm-hmm. the long haul flight like we're we're taking this any normal regatta really um mm-hmm. so we're kind of just like enjoying enjoying it yeah good high training done and just kind of like going with the flow really mm-hmm. have you talked to Sinead and Claire at all and asked for their top tips um mm-hmm. you know following directly on I guess from from them as the light double the last time and, and you as the light double this time around no not we yet must, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have to host a, we'll have to host a session and, and, and get everyone on for for a chat words of wisdom but um yeah like i suppose they've been role models like for us as well the past few years so um yeah so yeah we'll see that but, yeah <laughs> <laughs> you'll be texting them straight after yeah. um Obviously, the lightweight has lightweight double has been added to Paris twenty twenty four, and I know like you, you mentioned, like the the year obviously both still young and the opportunity I guess now um, that it's that it remains in Paris is is brilliant for you. So um, I guess what's the goal for twenty twenty one and then looking on to Paris? Yeah, I suppose the there's a lot of I suppose the big the big goal now is. The first, the first Olympics um, in Tokyo, and then after that, um, there'll probably be maybe the World Championships in Shanghai, um, and of course, definitely we want to kind of take the take the chance of twenty twenty four being the last Olympics for lightweight um, mm-hmm. with both hands. So hopefully you'll see us there as well. But I suppose it's a long it's a long road <laughs> to go as well. So we'll just take it each each week, each month, each yeah. year, I suppose. And like I suppose like like we gained a lot in a short amount of time so like hopefully in three years or whatever we'll gain more and put us in a position to be hopefully the best do you know what I mean because like you know we've been thinking like we train with like the men's lightweight double that are the best so it's kind of like even going into our final we're kind of like like they're doing something right we're doing similar training to them you know like we can do well Mm -hmm. kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. so and just even being in an atmosphere of Boring Island just on an upward scale it's like like hopefully we'll continue on that in the next few years and then really um like you know even going to the Olympics is 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 nice but like um like hopefully we can be in even another level in another few years you know 
Yeah, I was. I was even going to ask like myself because I know like when some people go to the Olympics at like 13, 14, they're like, yeah, it's cool to go. Glad to show up. And then they're like 17, 18 and they're like, yeah, we're here to win. And you're like, oh, my God, there's a difference already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Well, definitely. I suppose that the first focus is definitely um, Tokyo and we're going to try and do our best there. And mm-hmm. We'll see. see how it goes. The sky's the limit, really. So. Yeah, yeah. Super yeah. exciting. Well, I think given the um, the experience that the Theo Donovan's had as, you know, one of the last folks to qualify their time round, might bode well for you as one of the last folks to qualify coming in hot, you know. Um, in terms of actually the lightweight events uh, being cancelled after, like, for the Olympics after Paris, like, what do you guys kind of think of that, um, particularly that Ireland has been so successful in these events before? Yeah, it's kind of a real pity, I think. Um I'm not sure what really are the decisions or how political they are and um, put it in the ad. I suppose different sports, a bit more diversity, but at the same time, um, I feel like I feel like lightweight rowing is one of the most competitive um, races that every single work at consistently. You'll definitely see um, the race being so tight and the the um, it's, I suppose the competition is just so high um, because there is only one Olympic event. So. Um, Definitely, it's a bit a bit of a pity that it's going, but we'll try and make the most of the next few years. Definitely, yeah, yeah. No, it definitely, is. it's it's something, um, you know, that that I think is is disappointing for athletes in that category. And obviously, there is uh, World Cups and World Championships and European events as well, where that still will be there. But um, there have been some of it because usually they say, oh, they you know remove one event and add in. Mm-hmm. another that's how it works but then there's been a couple of sports where they seem to have slipped a couple of events in there without removing them and you're kind of like hmm you have loads of events there already but <laughs> um look obviously grab the ball with uh you know two hands or two horns whatever that phrase is <laughs> you have another shot now looking um you know looking for, towards paris as well which would which would be brilliant on grab the bull by the horns Neil. Well, by the, the i was like two horns. hands i was like <laughs> <laughs> anyway you just get what i'm saying um you talked about competing together for like several years so like you have kind of almost grown up together and um talk to us a bit i guess about what it's like in all in all that training and um just being kind of as a unit um, well, I suppose, yeah, we first started rowing together in 2017, so four, four years ago, was that? Four yep. years ago, yeah. Um, so we went to the Junior European Championships and we got a silver medal at that, and then we went to the Junior Worlds. So, yeah, so it was kind of, like, it was a good, like, it was nice that we qualified the boat together because it was like, geez, like, we were kind of even laughing after it was, like, <laughs> state of us, like, the two of us, like, qualifying for the Olympics you know what I mean like it was gas like but um it definitely meant a lot because we've like you know there's been ups and downs and all these kind of things but we did it in the end and I think even we were saying like in the last like two minutes of the race it was kind of like we we can either do this or not you know kind of way and it was kind of like no like we've we have like like anyone like we've made sacrifices and stuff and it's like this is our chance now to do it there's two minutes left in the race like you can do it or not and I was like and yeah so it was it was nice to cross the line and yeah there's some funny photos of us <laughs> after the race um with our emotions like but yeah it was it was a nice feeling so yeah. Do you guys shout that motivational stuff at each other like mid leg race? Or are you like, oh my god, there's two minutes, will you just do something? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, 
we kind of know what we kind of know what we're doing, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's more so you feel you could feel nice rowing the boat. So I'm like, oh, better go with her. Time <laughs> 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 to go. Um, but yeah, it's definitely it's it's kind of it's um it's definitely nice because we we obviously we rowed together um at junior junior worlds that time in 2017. But to see like I remember seeing M Kremen on the start list of like the junior 15 skulls. So like we've known each other for so long. Um, and training each other on and off and of course the last few years full time together that it's nice to see that like we've come from our clubs like yeah. Mags from Lee and me um, from Skibreen that like um, that we've we've raced each other I suppose for so many years competitively mm-hmm. that, nice that we're racing together now mm-hmm. um, and doing so well. So like what's in the water in Skibbereen that like all these incredible roars are like coming out? Like, all over Skibbereen. All over Cork. It's, I mean it's all over Cork. I mean if we're a fine county like you just have to admit it. <laughs> Just a good, a good, tra- a good training environment. I think um, yeah. we've really um, come on leaps and bounds in the past few years um, with those clubs. So it'll be exciting. I think that hopefully the um, national rowing championships will go ahead in August. I think they're planned for this year, so that'll be a really good event. Um, mm-hmm. Just for um, all the all the young athletes and all athletes as well. I feel I definitely my heart went out to them during lockdown because um, after a few weeks we were allowed training in the rowing centre, but. Mm-hmm. I know my brother and sister were training in their home gym um, for the <laughs> 12 months that they've only been back on the water recently. So um, definitely, I think that the community in Ireland has really prospered over the hard months of lockdown, I think. So it'll be exciting to get back racing on the water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about um, having your dad involved in the coaching scene, Eva. What's, what's that like for you? Because we've talked to a couple of different people about, you know, being coached by their parents. So... Um, it's to be honest because he's been, my, he's been my coach for so long. I don't really know any different, really. Um, he's my coach on the water, but um, at the dinner table there wouldn't be too much talk of rowing. Um, so it's kind of finding that balance. Mm-hmm. But I suppose we all have the same goal, really, of just trying to make the boat go as fast as we can. So um, when we're on the water, we're definitely we're all all three of us will be focused on just what what do we need to do to get this spin a, get this spin of a better to see how fast we can go in the next spins that sort of way so mm-hmm. it's really just teamwork I think yeah. that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. has there ever been like a mad disagreement door slam I hate you and then two seconds later you're like cool let's roll we're not as chaining as that unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um talk to us about the women's program like obviously the the last couple of years have been really successful so what's it like being part of that um, yeah, it's definitely exciting. Like, um, like especially in the women's heavyweight. Like, say in the last cycle, there wasn't many. Well, besides Sunita, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really exciting. And I think they have a good thing going. You know, like they're all really like positive girls and stuff like that. So, like even racing, like even in the tent before we were racing and before they were racing, like it was just good vibes and good. Like you know, everyone was like hyping each other up and stuff. So to be a part of that is great because I think that adds a lot to racing and stuff and um, but I think like seeing others do well kind of like pushes you on as well like it has an effect you know so I think um everyone just kind of had an effect on each other and mm-hmm. um, things like that so yeah, yeah it's nice to definitely. you're all becoming role models like you know for young girls and boys which is unbelievable like it's, it's really great to have so many women involved in rowing that can inspire like the next generation in that yeah it's definitely good yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a real but um definitely it's yeah. exciting i think if i was if i if i was back 
in June 14, I'd be hooked to be watching the Olympics and seeing everybody row. So mm-hmm. it'll be great, a great summer. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure to have all the times up and know exactly when you're <laughs> racing anyways for those J14s. I think it'll be, it'll, think it'll be in the middle of the morning or the middle of the night, yeah. which will be the one downer. <laughs> they'll get up we'll, we'll make sure that they that they um, move their sleeping patterns so they can come and watch everybody they will definitely like make sure that like i mean she'll, she'll be like ringing me at like three yeah she'll be like hey did you see the north i'll be like oh my god this gives me flashbacks to rio when i stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning to see michael phelps in his last race <laughs> yeah um who were your role models when you were growing up That's a tough question. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think, to be honest, it wasn't like anyone, like huge, like big sports stars. I think it was like my friends when I joined rowing, like, because I joined rowing a small bit later to them. So like my friends in the rowing club, like they were good at rowing when I started rowing. So like, I was like, I want to be like, I need to get better because then I can join their group, you know, because I was in the beginner group, things like that. I think that I would say that mm-hmm. and then obviously then when we started tra- training in the Royal Centre we have role models like Sunita and then the lightweight men as well so um, I think like more like local role models to like you know big super you know what I mean um, yeah <laughs> the studs of rowing <laughs> yeah definitely I think growing up around Sabrina there was a lot of a lot of success with Eugene Copley and Timmy Hainerdays um, at the Olympics a few years ago. So then seeing the lads do so well in 2016 was a real motivator. But as well as just like any, I suppose everyone involved in Spring Run could really be my kind of role models. Or I used to um, race against a girl called Orla Hayes and she's, I could still race around the water and not know whether I'd win or not. Um, and the same with Denise Walsh. She was, um, I rode with Denise for a few years locally and internationally. Um, as well as everyone at the Rome Centre as well. It's a really good atmosphere at the minute. Mm-hmm. Just wanting to get a bit faster, do a bit better in each session and each race. So, mm, yeah, no, it's really like it's really nice to see the like the camaraderie. I think in in between all of you, like it really does kind of come across. And you know, you're all interesting, obviously characters and stuff like that. And obviously, it's great to see like kind of girls, you know, like flying. I know myself and Neve always kind of talk about how you know twice as many girls obviously like drop out, you know, like statistically, like and all this kind of stuff. And you mentioned you know about friendship and that camaraderie and supporting one another and different things like that so if there was a 14 year old or whoever maybe younger like watching this and they were like oh I want to be like you know Margaret and Aoife when I grow up like you know what advice would you say to them and like why would, why would you tell them to to stick with sport like particularly? I suppose well I've definitely made one of my I've definitely the friendships I've made during the years that I've been wrong have definitely been ones that last forever so like that aspect of it second to none like the friends who make be for life when you're at the rowing club and I know especially with rowing we've been saying like it's not it's not um anybody and anybody could join a rowing club and become your best friend so it's definitely where you have to um when you're starting out and you could be in the boat and it's a bit wobbly and oh you don't like getting wet through the wind (laughs) on the rowing machine like there's a lot you have to get through just the long slog of hours um but it definitely pays off if you're willing to work hard that um definitely getting through the winter training and then I always used to love like when it's just the start of spring the weather would start to calm down and you'd be on the water and then just my competitive nature would take over racing everybody and anybody on the water that it definitely it definitely pays off when you just keep keep the worth ethic and um training hard but as well as enjoying it mm-hmm. definitely in terms of like the volume of training that you do like obviously it's a it's a huge amount and that can happen 
you know, in different sports from a young age. So talk to us about the importance of fueling, um, you know, correctly and, you know, making sure that your body's prepared for the next day or the next week of training. Um, yeah, I suppose, like, especially for us, like, in lightweight, it's important for us to keep on top of that. And I think, like, as you, like, throughout the years of being a lightweight, you learn more and more. Like, we're still learning a lot about it. And, um, like, if to see the benefits in training, you do need to be on top of that. Um, and I think, like, I think there is a lot of, like, help out there about that. But, like, it would be great to, like, keep that conversation going, you know, and, um, people yeah so I think it's definitely a really important aspect and especially in lightweight um but I would say that like we're consistently learning more and more even like for Tokyo with the heat and stuff like that it's interesting to like find out the different strategies we need mm -hmm. to follow to like make sure that our performance is um our best performance we can do um yeah so definitely really important even for even for a beginner, um, heading out to do a wrong session, even just bring a banana or like thinking ahead um, to think, oh, what am I going to have post session? I think that even starting with that simple step of okay, just planning a bit ahead and being a bit more organised with food and stuff like that, that's that can go a long way when you can be waiting to be collected from the club and it could be hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely, just have been being prepared. What about advice for those who don't like getting wet? <laughs> I don't know. Wear, wear a few layers. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Maybe a different sport, but... <laughs> Working in Ireland, it's not the most ideal climate. Yeah. But, sure look. Yeah, it's... Um... Depending on this, look, if, if people don't like the, the wind and the rain, there's loads and loads of sports out there for people to, to try. But um, we've, we've promised Joanne to get her out in a boat at some stage. I'm buzzed, guys. I'm buzzed. Definitely. I want to like do the thing. Well, I know like there's a name and he was gonna like actually tell me off, but I know I want to be the person who stands at the top. Oh, the yeah. Yeah, I want to be that person, not the do, not the doer. I want to be the teller. <laughs> You'd be grand in that suit, yeah. I'm happy out. <laughs> uh, in, while we're on the conversation of food, um, what do you do kind of over in Japan? Because obviously the food is a bit different and have you kind of planned for that kind of thing? Um, to be honest, I'd say it'll be, I'd say it'll be grand. We'll take it as it comes. Mm -hmm. um, we, won't be eating too, we won't be eating too much before the race because we have to weigh in, but um, we just make sure that it's, you know, the, the right amount of carbs, protein, fruit and veg and all those vitamins and minerals as well. So mm -hmm. it's just about, we'll adapt. I think we yeah. all yeah. <laughs> keep it plain and straightforward and it should be fine a word of advice funny. <laughs> a word of advice use the camera function on google translate because i didn't do that when i went to japan and i got landed with some funky stuff let me tell you <laughs> so that's my only word of advice and don't trust anyone in a market they may tell you with sausage it could be octopus from you. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely very exciting. Um, anyways, um, thanks, Emil, for taking the time to chat to us. We wish you the best of luck with the upcoming weeks and obviously the Olympic Games. Um, yeah, we'll be watching you every step of the way. So thanks again for taking the time. Thank you. Great. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, very